Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. I went uh, solo early on uh, on this when I interviewed Coach Mike Boynton of Oklahoma State, and he was great. We had a great time talking uh, coronavirus and Cade Cunningham and just a, a, a number of other things that uh, are going on in OSU world right now. So appreciate him for coming on. You, we will get to me and Carson a little bit after the interview. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, but that's okay. We still had fun with it. Coach Boynton was great, and we will get to him. But first, this week's guest brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Chris's is awesome. They've been sponsoring us for a number of years. They do a lot of our printing and shipping. So if you've gotten a t-shirt from pfbstore.com, it's likely, uh, or it has been printed by them, and it's also been shipped by them as well. So check out our store, check them out, and let's get to Coach Boynton. Got Coach Mike Boynton on the phone. Uh, Coach, I, I uh, it's a weird time to be asking this. This is not the question I envisioned asking you, but... Uh, What's your preference here? Is it Google Hangouts? Is it Zoom? Is it Skype? How are you doing your social distancing these days? Well, I don't know if I have used enough different ones to um, to, to really give too many opinions. Zoom's been good because you can have a lot of different people on there. We haven't tried Hangouts as a group yet, um, although I've used Hangouts before, and it's, it's, it's pretty uh, comparable. I just don't know about the, the larger number. So, um, but for our team, Zoom's been good, and uh, probably something we're going to continue to do for the foreseeable future. What What has the last ten days been like? Because you know you're you're already dealing with so many different emotions of being in March and and the end of uh, these seniors' careers and all this different stuff, and then all of a sudden this pandemic kind of upends everything. So just just kind of walk me through what the last 10 to 15 days have been like for, for you as, as kind of the leader of this organization. Um, you know, it's probably been one of the stranger times in my life. Um, I've been really active, uh, whether personally or engaging with the team or traveling or whatever, pretty much my entire life. Uh, I started playing basketball when I was four years old. And I started traveling to play basketball when I was eight uh, I think I left the country for the first time when I was 10 and basketball has taken me to, you know, all parts of the world. And obviously most of, most of the 50 States. Um, so having to be pretty much States, you know, staying in place for a significant period of time is, is unusual. Uh, although I, I understand it, it's very serious what's going on in our country right now. We want to make sure we do everything we can to, to help, slow it down or find out how to how to get it resolved but it certainly has been one of the more challenging times uh, because I'm a pretty engaging person I like to meet people um, I don't know if I've ever spent 10 consecutive days without going somewhere ever in my life uh, and so it's been it's been strange but uh, but understandably necessary 
Yeah. So how are you, how are you keeping up in terms of, you know, it's, it's, I think when we think about leadership and you think about, um, even, even stuff like recruiting, you're, you're always, you're, you're physically taking your body somewhere. What's it been like to lead and to recruit? I, I know you can do phone calls and, and I think text was the, was kind of the, uh, direction from the NCAA, but what's it been like to do that from afar? Has that been challenging for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, some of my favorite things about recruiting is just getting to sit down and talk to people and their families and finding out their stories. And, and although we've done everything we can uh, in terms of getting information out uh, through video or, or you know, making different graphics and things of that nature, you just don't have the same feel yeah. when you don't get a chance to sit down and talk to someone. Um, so, yeah, but, but we've done what we've needed to do. We stayed in daily contact with our current signees um, and, and certainly are continuing to be very aggressive as we're able to be um, with the guys that we're continuing to recruit for this year and then for the 2021 class as well. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's going on this week, I, I believe this is, we're taping this on March 24th and I believe it's the three year anniversary of your, the announcement of your hiring, uh, which is, it's got to feel like it's gone by quickly. I, I guess the thing I was thinking about as it relates to this is, Taking your 2020 self right now, what would you go back three years and tell yourself on that March 24th about, um, yeah, just what was about to unfold? Well, is all the things that happen, are they still going to happen? <laughs> because if so, I'm going to tell that guy, hey, buckle up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a rocky ride. I mean, I've enjoyed 99% of the first three years of being a head coach here, um, mostly because I've had unbelievable support um, from an administrative standpoint. Our fans, for the most part, have been understanding uh, that some of the decisions that I've had to make have been to try to put our program in the best light for long-term stability. Uh Recruits have been really responsive. Uh, speaking of caution, I remember my first year, I think we had lost maybe our third weekday game in the Big 12 at home, and I was going recruiting like the next morning. He asked me, I remember like I remember things like this for some reason. He asked me, why are you so optimistic that recruits are going to want to come play for you? Mm. And it really wasn't anything tangible that I could point to. Like I don't have a record, of a track record of having success or overcoming adversity or anything like that. But what I do know is what I believe passionately about work. And I believe ultimately that wins. And I remember thinking at that moment, I couldn't say his name, but I'm recruiting a kid who's going to be the best player in the country. And mm -hmm. we're going to do everything we can to get him here. Uh, and so that's why I was optimistic. And it wasn't that things were going to turn around immediately, but I felt like we were moving this thing in the right direction and identifying the right people to be a part of it. And that they were believing in what we were talking about. And that's what ultimately gives you a chance. So I would, I would say a lot of our plan is moving along the way that I hoped it could, you know, but obviously there's been some potholes along the way and there's been some disappointing moments and some, um, certainly some adversity we've had to face. Uh, but I'm, I'm as excited about where we're going and I know that we're in a much better place now than we were three years ago. Yeah, you, you think about all the things that have happened and you're like, well, you know, I, I think there can be an attitude even from like a fan standpoint of what's going to happen next. Oh, a global pandemic is going to happen next. <laughs> 
<laughs> can't make it up, right? I yeah, mean, seriously. I, it's actually interesting because I've had I have the relationships that I have with our seniors who just finished Cam, Thomas, Lindy, uh, as close as we were. We actually talked about that, and in many ways, as strange as it's going to sound, like how else would their careers end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like obviously it's been well documented all the things that they've had to endure. And, and, and persevere through and sure their season would end with a win on the court that doesn't result in a championship yep. which is usually the only way your season <laughs> could end in a win <laughs> you know your season ends and career over and you know I never imagined that we would leave Kansas City after playing one game yeah having won that game so, yeah, it, it, yeah, it is weird. I, I think pandemic. I think it's I, I was thinking about the fact that they went out on a win. It is kind of cool. Like, I, look, it's not it's not how you don't want to leave after the first round of a tournament. You you want to end, you know, your career at some point in the NCAA tournament. But for sure. them for them to go out on a win, it's kind of <laughs> I mean, the global pandemic part is awful, but it's kind of a cool way to, to end things. And, and that probably won't be the game that they think back on most, but it is a, you know, like that, that will certainly be, I, th- I think probably one of the, the things that they do think about when they think about that time in their lives. Oh, no question in my mind. I don't know if it'll be the first thing um, that comes to their mind. You know, we went to Maui their freshman year. Yeah. They played with a, a really good point guard then, all three of them. Um, they all play well as freshmen in, in a road game as true freshmen in Tulsa. They'll probably remember that one. Beat Kansas, swept them as sophomores. Um, but, I, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of close games this year either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that was maybe the most exciting game that we had all year in terms of the way it finished. Yeah. So I don't know how far down the line it's going to be, especially considering that that was it. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Season literally ended. I mean, basketball ended. I think the Big East played a half of the game the next day. Yeah, but we may have been one of the last two or three games of the season. Yeah, yeah, it it was. It did have the the Indians certainly had the feel of of a March game. This is off script, but since you brought up Jawan Evans, I'm curious about you got to see him up close. How how does somebody? Because I I watched him in college, and like this guy's unbelievable. He's really good, and. I, I get that he's smaller, but how does somebody like that go to the NBA and and kind of bounce around a little bit, not really, really make it? Is that a is that a size thing? Is it a wrong place, wrong time thing? What's your take on something like that? I mean, I really think that people just have a hard time understanding how challenging it is to yeah. have one of those four hundred. There are only four hundred of those jobs. So a really, really good player may never play in that league. Yeah, we, we were talking about this as a group of Big 12 coaches last spring at our meetings because it's usually around the time, and this will change this year, we have our meetings around the time that guys have to announce whether they're coming back so we can talk about scheduling and stuff like that moving forward. Mm. <clears throat> well, last year it was like Devon Dotson and, and – um, you know, guys like that that would think about leaving, maybe coming back. And we're sitting around talking about this, the numbers. There's only been like 2,500 players ever play the NBA. Yeah. 
total. It's crazy. In, in the That's history crazy. of the league. Yeah. Like since 1940-something <laughs> or whatever it was that the league started. So, so my point is, it's not anything knock on Juwan. He's not an elite NBA talent. He's an elite college player, and those guys sometimes have to find the right situation at the right time. Yeah. And they're pretty elusive. I mean, Jeff Carroll had to make a choice this year. He, he had a chance to stay with the South Bay Lakers and make $45,000 mm-hmm. or go make six figures in Italy. Yeah. And, you know, I tell guys all the time, if you're going to do something as a job that's going to have a shelf life, like playing basketball, you're not going to play that long. Yeah. Right? It's hard to help get young guys understand that, but you're not going to play that long. So if you're going to play for five years, go make the most money you can in five years. Yeah. Now I was a uh, I was a walk on baseball player at Oklahoma State in two thousand four five, and I remember everybody in that locker room thought that they were like a first round pick, and sure. and I was like I don't I don't I'm not great at math I don't think the math works here guys like I <laughs> I don't work. I don't think this is gonna go the way you think it is uh, one guy that is probably gonna eventually be a first round pick Cade Cunningham I want to talk about him real quick yeah. yeah. Um, he had an unbelievable senior year. Uh, he, I, I think the thing that I think about with him as it relates to you, how much does he help? How much does a guy like him being already kind of in the fold help with what you're trying to do for the future? Not just recruiting for the class of 2020, but beyond that as well. How, how much does that help? Well, again, that's why I was fairly, and I didn't know three years ago that we would get him, but, but I, when you see guys like him, you immediately see something different. Yeah. And why you think he can be a changing, uh, a guy who can change the trajectory of your program is because he, he, he establishes some credibility in the industry. When a guy like that says, I could have gone anywhere in the country, but I believe that I can achieve all my goals here. Yeah. Then not only do other young guys believe that, your current players maybe think high, higher of themselves. Other coaches think, oh, man, Oklahoma State's got to – they must have something going on there. Mm. You get your fan base rallied around it. You get yeah. your administration a little bit more committed to helping you do things that are necessary. And so, yeah, I mean, it took a lot of work to get to a point where you wanted to have a player like that come in because the truth is – the, it's a it's a strong possibility he's only here for 10 months or yeah. however long it is yeah and we got to try to maximize on both sides what he's able to accomplish individually and what we're able to accomplish while he's here as a as a program so that we cannot just be a flash in the pan one year deal yeah it's still about building a program for long-term success so does that mean getting another five-star kid the next year i don't know but what i do think it means is the guys in your program approach the game differently and you can continue to have success when that kid is gone. The the more I watch his stuff, it, it's uh he's so he's so easy. He he just I, I think about um I think about Vince Young playing quarterback and, and you watch mm-hmm. him and you're like, is he is he in fifth gear or is that like second gear? I don't know what gear that is. And some it's of that is called greatness. <laughs> some of that and yeah. I don't want to build him up too much, but he's he's the best player in the country for a reason. Yeah. And usually you watch guys with that talent level and it doesn't seem like they're putting out all the effort. Well, because a guy like me, 
I could put out 10 times as much effort and look like I'm playing hard and I can't produce that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible to watch in, in different sports. And I think that's what, I think that's what draws us to sports sometimes is watching guys sure. like that. And, and you're like, Oh, that's what, that's what being, that's what being Absol- great. That's absolutely. what being elite looks like. Um, which is this would always impress me about Russ Westbrook. Yeah. In a league where I think maybe the NFL has an argument, the most athletic players in the world are an NBA, in my opinion. All right. And when you can stand out athletically, right. When your athleticism stands out amongst the best athletes, then that's, that's greatness, you know? And, and I always admire the best at anything that they do. It's why I, I watch all sports. I, I love tennis and watching Serena Williams. And I, I don't, I don't know how to play golf, but I enjoy watching Tiger and, and, and the best people at whatever they do, I have a great admiration for. Yeah, because I think it gets normalized because you're like, oh, well, you know, yeah, like, um, yeah, we'll take Tiger. Like, obviously, he's good compared to all these guys. Well, you don't, you don't understand how good these other guys are. Exactly. And then you, exactly. And, and then and I, you I get up that's close. The part. Yeah. When you were talking about guys thinking they could play, like they don't realize that the guy who doesn't play for the team that they think they're going to go play for is better than them. Yeah. I tell guys all the time, that guy who you think stinks that's sitting on a bench for the Thunder, <laughs> he's better than you, man. I just read, uh, I just read Boomtown, which is about, uh, which is about Oklahoma city. And, and there was kind of a, there was a chapter in there about Daniel Orton, uh, sure. who's from, I think he's from Edmond or some, somewhere around Oklahoma city. And it just talked about how like he never played and yeah, he was so good in, mm-hmm. you know, high school and college. And it's uh yeah, it's, it's astonishing. Um, it, it, speaking of improvement, I, I'm curious about, this is one of the things that I was thinking about after the season of the guys that you currently have, just who's who, who you look back on in September and October and then you look at him in March, and you're like, man, that guy, I'm really proud of the way that he improved himself, his body, his game throughout the season. I think Caleb's the one that comes to mind first. Um, and it wasn't that he changed much physically because he still got a long ways to go from a physical development standpoint. But he just learned how to compete every day. And that's the hardest part for young guys who've had success at the high school level is that they get here and they think they can have success the same way. And it's not even close. So his approach to the game from being a guy who thinks he can just go out there and dominate because he's 6'9". Well, a lot of 6'9 guys in college do. And some of those 6'9 guys weigh 50 pounds more than you. How do you <laughs> find ways to have success now? And so he would be the guy that I would say – made the most consistent progress from start to finish of the year. I had, uh, I put out a call for, for reader questions, got people just, you know, sending, cool. sending questions. And I thought this one was really interesting. Uh, this guy named Luis wants to know, or Lewis, I guess wants to know just the recruiting process and how you go through, uh, identifying guys. And then, cause there's so many guys, right? Like there's so many high school guys. Sure. And I know you have to, at some point, narrow it down. Otherwise you're spread too thin. <laughs> So what's that process like? Just the the ability to narrow something down and say, okay, this guy fits, maybe this guy doesn't, and, and how you kind of divvy out your time that way. Yeah, it's um, it's it's an imperfect science uh, because in in many ways it's about 
putting a puzzle together. Uh, and and I, I always want the best guys we can get everywhere we can. I want to have the best roster. I want to be able to look down to the other bench and feel like, all right, we've got, we've got the same talent you got. Let's go see now, you know? Yeah. Um, but you, you also, five corners on a puzzle don't work. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I view it. Yeah. We, we can't have five corners because one of them just isn't going to fit. What, you know, what do you do with it? That little piece that kind of seems insignificant, it's kind of funny shaped. It's skinny. It's got one Audi and three innies. <laughs> it's got to go somewhere, but it matters if that piece doesn't, isn't a part of puzzle. Yeah then you're going to be missing something. And now you're going to be asking somebody else to do something that maybe isn't their strength. Yeah. Uh, so it's about, for us, it's about evaluating our needs constantly. And they change every year. Uh, this year, um, we lose shooting. In many ways, our three best shooters, and Thomas, um, Lindy, and Cam, in terms of proven. Uh, yeah. Chris Harrison, we believe, is going to be a good shooter. I believe they just haven't done it yet proven guys shot makers in college we lose them all yeah so we got to make sure we're developing those guys that we believe can but we also have to identify other guys that can come to the program and and we can feel like we can count on that yeah. um always want to continue to build your depth inside and sometimes people are like man why do you want more six nine guys well <laughs> what i know about being around basketball big guys you know what they do a lot they foul all the time <laughs> <laughs> Every team, they're big men, always in foul trouble. Yeah, I don't know if anybody pays attention statistically. Ken Palm did this thing: the game gets smaller over the course of the forty minutes. Mm, that's fascinating. The average height of the game gets smaller from the start to the finish. Yeah. Every game, because big guys are always in foul, and they're usually not as good free throw shooters. So that's also a part of it. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, you want to have some depth inside. I believe you got to have multiple ball handling, decision-making type players because that's what the game ultimately comes down to. Drop all the plays you want. Somebody's got to go make the play work. And um, and then you can never have too many guys who can make shots. So um, those are our priorities. But like last year, we knew we needed to build out some depth in the backcourt because we had really, really lacked in that area. You know, this year, we feel like we got to add some more length and athleticism uh, from a perimeter standpoint, and we feel like we've addressed those needs this year. And we'll continue to, you know, year by year, um, roster management one of the keys to because yeah. uh, there's so much more turnover now than it was probably 15 years ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I could do this all day. I'll, I'll get you out of here on this though. Um, I've been going on YouTube and just pulling up old games because there's nothing else on. And <laughs> I find myself watching, I was watching an Oklahoma state Drexel first round game from 1995, wow. uh, which was, yeah, it was, I was in pretty deep, but my question, I was thinking about this. What if you, if I gave you, you could only go back and watch one NCAA tournament game any year, any game. What's the first one that comes to mind uh, that you're watching? For the rest of March, probably Michigan, North Carolina, nineteen ninety three national championship game. So good. Yeah, it's the timeout game, unfortunately, but it was a great game. People lost that it was a great game because of what happened at the end. But I mean, those are two really, really good teams. Yeah, that uh, 
I mean, God, the the Fab Five stuff is unbelievable. Oklahoma State played that Fab Five team in yeah ninety two Sweet Sixteen, I think it was, and that was with they had Sean Sutton and I mean it, Byron Houston, Corey Williams, Darwin Alexander, absolutely. And it and it was like I think people didn't totally get the Fab Five thing yet, and then they go to the the Final Four back to back years, and you're like, oh, okay, that. Well, part of it is media was different, right? So. So we weren't constantly. I mean, could you imagine the Fat Five existing today? I mean, people made a big deal out of three guys at Duke last year. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it. It would be crazy. I think the the one that I would pick. This is. I'm gonna go non Oklahoma State. Uh, I would go. I think it was 05. It might have been the the Arizona team that beat Oklahoma State. There was an Arizona Illinois regional final game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you remember, remember that, that game? with? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it, Aaron I Williams think, and D. Brown. Yeah, that Illinois team. That Illinois team was unbelievable, and they were so fun to watch. It was great. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. I guess the Kansas Memphis game. I missed it. The Kansas Memphis game was yeah. on the other day from '07 or '08. Yeah. Um. That that was a pretty good, pretty good game too. Although Memphis should have won like three different times. <laughs> that Memphis team was so good. <laughs> Oh, they were amazing. Okay, Coach Boyne, thanks for your time, man. I, I know that uh, uh, no problem, man. You've got a lot going on, and uh, yeah, best of luck recruiting and uh, zooming and Google Hangouting and whatever else, uh, however else you're you're moving forward these days. Well, cheers to the next three years being a little bit smoother than the first three were. Absolutely, and hopefully by that right, time man. we'll be past the global pandemic. So we'll Correct. we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye. Okay, we uh, so we had some te- technical difficulties there. We <laughs> we were, that was supposed to be a uh, a Carson Cunningham Kyle Porter interview with Coach Boynton, but uh, it ended up being just me. So Carson, you are on now. Uh, I've told you a little bit about what we talked about. Uh, he did. I, I didn't tell you this. He did mention you. What? Yeah, he said because I told him before the interview. I said, "Hey, Carson's having a little trouble." It's just going to be me and you. And then during the interview, he said, speaking of Carson, he said, I remember a few years ago, he asked me, and I don't, I don't know if you remember asking this question, but he remembered you asking. He said, I remember him asking me, why are you, so, coach, why are you so confident about your ability to recruit given, you know, the fact that Oklahoma State hasn't won a ton in the last few years? Do you remember asking him that? I vague. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I don't remember specifically, but that was one of my biggest questions for him. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he what, he, he what acted he like well, he acted like it just like stuck with him, and he like thought about it a lot. Wow, yeah. And that that to me is a prime example. When I when I hear stories about coaches who are good at recruiting, I think the number one attribute they have is, is memory, like yeah. remember remembering names, remembering parents' Bill, names, Bill aunts, uncles. Bill Self is the best at it. That's why he's everyone that's ever met Bill Self he'll run into them and remember their name. That's just, that's an innate ability. And that, that tells me that, that Mike Boynton has it too. I mean, the fact that you remember me asking that question and the fact that he brought it back up and remembered, it's pretty, pretty cool. And I think he has dispelled all of those doubts. I'm sure you guys got into that just in terms of how well he's recruiting. And to me, that's, that's outstanding. He's, he, he kind of insinuated, uh, he kind of insinuated that at the time you asked that, obviously he couldn't talk about it, but in his head, he's like, we're going to get the number one player in the country. <laughs> yeah. 
that's uh i'm sure he knew that at the time and wanted to, like how, how how bad did he probably want to say well you're carson cunningham i'm uh, i've got cade cunningham <laughs> right here on the phone sitting right now i got his, his text messages telling me he's coming to osu so uh hold your horses carson it's it's like the uh was it the uh, when was it that uh obama got uh bin laden we got him. <laughs> well, and and but the night before they had that roast, and he was getting like like there. It, it, this like actually happened where he got like, wasn't it? He got roasted for it, and then the next day they got him or something, something like that. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, vaguely. I remember. Is that when Obama dropped the mic or whatever? I I uh, I don't know. That that's a great gift that's out there. But no, Coach, Coach Boynton was great. We you know we touched on a lot of different things. I compared Cade Cunningham to Vince Young, which I think. I might have stolen that from you. I don't know. But just the fact that they never look like they're like going full speed and you're like, wait a second, like what why why does this look like this? And and uh he said he said that's what greatness looks like is that your output is not um he goes, I could try like ten times harder than that and my output <laughs> wouldn't or yeah, like the, the performance that I have wouldn't match up to anything that, that guys like that can do. So he's He's pretty excited about the Cade Cunningham era, just just as much as uh, as you and I are. I figured you asked about fifteen questions about Cade. It was mostly probably a Cade pod. Well, I know you're, you're as fired up about him as anybody. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and he mentioned it. He's like the the spotlight that he that a guy like him delivers. And I didn't think about this, but just from a you know, I think about it in terms of other recruits wanting to be like, Oh, there's going to be 15 scouts in Stillwater. Yeah. I, w- I want to play in front of that, you know? And I, th- and, and, and the thing that he brought up is like, it's not just recruits, it's other coaches. It's people in the media being like, Hey, what, what's going on over there? You know? And I think that that's why, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. And, and, you know, hopefully with everything that's going on with Corona, they actually get to play it out. But it, it is, uh, it's a massive thing for the program and for the potential to land more guys like that moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's totally true. I, I'm sure you got into this as well. I don't mean to rehash the whole thing, but you know, he still has some fish out there to, to reel in with JT Thor. And I, I'm just curious how he can lock up this class despite all the hurdles that are being thrown out his way. I mean, obviously getting Cade was, you know, the biggest thing and even if they don't get you know thor or whoever else is on their radar they're still pretty locked and loaded for next year I'm, i am curious just how this is going to work moving forward not knowing how long this is going to be before they can like sit in living rooms and stuff like that i'm sure you got into I, that too well, but it's just think, a weird time for everyone i think he's going crazy just not he was like I've, he goes he said something like i i've never gone 10 days without like going somewhere like doing something before cuz you know him he's he's you know he wants to get out and just meet as many people as possible talk to people whatever and uh, this, so this is like, I mean, it's, it's, t- I think it's hard for everybody. I think it's like a nightmare for him, just like yeah. cooped up and the private jets got dust on it. He's <laughs> usually flying somewhere to go see a kid. And, uh, I do wonder Kyle, if I'm on like his, uh, his whiteboard of like his list of like motivators, am I on like his, his haters list for no, questioning his recruiting? I, I, I think this is what, <laughs> I think this is what great, I mean, I know you're joking, but I think this is what good leaders do is they take some of that stuff and 
it's not a criticism. It was a, it was a real question. It was a good question. And you take it and you internalize it and you say, okay, what part of this is true? What part of this can I use to motivate myself in a positive way? And I just, I don't know. Every time I talk to him, I, I, I see really good leadership like that. And again, we've said this a million times. Does that mean that they're going to be successful for the next 15 years? I hope so. But no, of course it doesn't mean that. Um, but you do just the way he, I don't know, man, like the way he interacts with other people and you compare it to, you know, other college coaches that you see and it just, it stands out. It really does. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I mean, certainly I'm biased because of Oklahoma state because he's easy to talk to. He's come on this podcast, whatever. But I, I just, I can't get over the fact that it does stand out the way that he interacts with other people. Yes. His interactions, uh, he comes off just so impressive every time you hear him speak. And he just, he seems to have an it factor that you don't see every day with, with college basketball coaches. And it is his three year anniversary. That's why we're doing this pod on March 24th. And I think I'm sure he recalls maybe if he went back and listened to that episode or just episodes listen leading up to it, just to learn about who we were, you know, we had major, major questions about this hire as it, as did everyone else. And I think the number one question you and I had three years ago was, can this guy recruit since he's considered an, a complete unknown at this point. Well, I think he's answered that question with, with flying colors, obviously getting Cade Cunningham and all the other talented players he's, he's acquired so far. And I think, you know, watching Kyle, one question I kind of wanted to bring up to him was, you know, we're going to do a rewatchables on the 2004 Oklahoma state St. Joe's game that sent OSU to the final four. And in watching that game, just the sheer depth, and length and athleticism of Oklahoma State in that game, I think, is what won them the game. I think they were deeper, bigger, stronger. They look like grown men. Yeah. Whereas St. Joe's looked a little more undersized and not like grown men. And I, I wanted to ask him, like, obviously you want a team that goes thirty and three, like that, like that team that that goes without saying, or thirty-one and three, I guess, what they ended up. But just in terms of what that team looked like, in terms of size, length, just they kind of just wore down St. Joe's. Is that kind of what he envisions with all these talented players he's acquired? That's one thing I kind of wanted to get to with him is, is that kind of what you want your team to look like? Because we don't really know yet, Kyle. He's kind of had the the seniors that he in, inherited with Lindy and Dezagwa and all them. Well, now he's starting to get in year three what he has envisioned for his team to look like. I am curious if, if he watches some of those old games and is like, man, that's what I want my team to look like. Well, I did tell him that I was on a, on a, like a rabbit hole of like, I was watching OSU Drexel from the first round in 95. And he was, <laughs> like, he was like, wow, that's, that's a, that's a lot. But uh, he, he mentioned this and I think this is kind of what you're alluding to. He's like, he's, he basically said like, we can't have enough six, nine guys because you know what six nine guys do? They foul a lot and they don't <laughs> shoot free throws great. And so he, he did mention like just shoring up the interior. And I, I think you're right, man. Like I, I go back and one of the threads that you saw on all of those Eddie Sutton teams, I mean, I was I was watching games. I just posted something on the side about like just ten game, ten March Madness games to go back and watch that OSU was in. There was a game against um, Southern Illinois in 05 in Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma State outscored them forty six to twenty nine in the second half, something like that, forty six thirty one, and they they 
they out-rebounded everybody. They out-physicaled everybody. And I think you and I think back on that time of like, you know, Randy Rutherford and, and Desmond Duncan and uh, Tony Allen's offensive prowess and John Lucas's shooting and James on shooting. But the thing that was the, the thread through all of those teams was they were just, they were more physical. They were bigger. They were, they were, they did wear you down. Even, you know, they didn't have, there weren't Joey Graham's running around over the, all over the place, but they had a lot, a lot of Ivan McFarlane's, a lot of Fred Yonzians and guys like that, that, uh, Andre yeah. Williams. Yeah. And come March that, that stuff matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's a big takeaway I have for our, our rewatchables too. So, yeah. but you, you said, you said Boynton wanted all six, nine guys that, that can't shoot free throws. Is that what you said? No, no, no. He just said that a lot of times, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you get guys, like guys that are six, nine, they foul a lot. And also they can't like, they can't shoot free throws. So you, you can't necessarily play them like all the time throughout games. So he was just talking about the importance of, of depth and of being able mm. to play a lot of them at, at different points in the game. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, he played the Boone twins more, which I like to see at the end of the year. So yeah. hopefully they can, uh, he said, Caleb, be building blocks. I asked him who was his most improved from September to March. And he said that, I mean, he kind of singled out Caleb and just was, was proud of the way that, that he, uh, he improved over the year. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you know, I was begging for him to play and clearly, Clearly, Caleb wasn't doing enough to get on the floor early in the year, and, and clearly he earned those minutes toward the end of the year. It wasn't just Mike Boynton saying, okay, I'll play you now. Clearly, he, he made all the right steps, so that's that's pretty fun. So you've gone down a rabbit hole, Kyle. I mean, it's I'm out of control. With the, with the rewatchables. Yeah. I, know, I cannot wait to do our rewatchables podcast. Yeah, I have so many takes. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll talk about the OSU St. Joe's game and kind of a preview of what's to come later this week. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, you, uh, we, were, we were texting with uh, our buddy Matt a million last night, and... Uh, this OSU St. Joe's game has taken on like m- mythical proportions. Marshall Scott watched it for the first time. It wasn't even a rewatchable. It was just a watchable and, and wrote about it for our site. I think he was like six years old at the time. I'm not exaggerating. I don't think. Um, no, it, it's, I did. I did the math today, Kyle. That was like 16 years. It literally was 16 years ago. Like the, that just blows my mind. It's like, wait a second. I was a freshman in college like 16 years ago. Well, how's that? How's that possible? Yeah, I did the. Ma- I was doing the math on the 2000 run, and uh, oh, that was 20. That was two decades ago. And it. And I. And I remember like very specific things about that time in my life. You know, like I mean, and related to Oklahoma State and related to to that run and watching those games and. 20 years man that's crazy like it's so weird yeah and just that 2000 team that 2004 team like 
it's been so long since not just you or I, but like the OSU fan base has like lived and died possession by possession for those games. Remember how draining, like I've almost forgotten how, how draining a college basketball game truly is. I mean, those games, just possession by possession, when it, it's a two-point game, when it's a ten-point game, you never feel comfortable, and you're just holding your breath really for the entire duration of the game. And that's when, because the games were so important back then. And just, I feel, I feel bad for the generations after us that OSU hasn't played a whole lot of meaningful basketball, and it's a, and it's a, such a different experience with college basketball than it is college football. I feel like you can breathe a lot more during a college football game when you're up two touchdowns than a basketball game where one, you know, five minute spell of no made field goals, boom, you're, you're losing. And man, I, I had no idea Kyle, how this St. Joe's game played out in my memory. Obviously we all remember the shot. We remember the last minute or so, but I didn't remember the first half and I didn't really remember much the second half, but rewatching it was certainly uh, an eye opener. Yeah, for sure. And, and to that point about, um, you know, people that are younger, not getting to experience that. I mean, you look back. So starting the Eddie Sutton era in 91, well, 1990, 91. So they went, um, lost in the sweet 16, lost in the sweet 16. 92, they lost the fab five, uh, Boynton and I talked about that a little bit. Um, then they went to the final four in 95. And then other than that, Carson, they go regional final in 2000. That was the Florida loss. And then 0405, that was final four. And then the Salim Stoudemire game. And that's kind of it. Like, there's been four good runs in the last 25 years. Yeah. And everything else is, I mean, they've only won one game, really, other than that. It's just, it, you know, I and, and, and I think. I don't know. Like we think about Oklahoma State basketball and you and I have a very optimistic, uh, positive viewpoint of it, but you start looking at that and you're like, ah, they haven't, I mean, they've had some good teams, but they haven't been consistently good other than, I don't know, like 10 years from, I guess 15 years from 90 to 2005. And even then you only had three or four deep runs. Yeah. Well, I mean, Travis Ford is the only other coach besides Iba and Sutton to have a tournament win. That's Think about crazy. that. Yeah, your, <laughs> I mean that, your boy. That's Leonard, wild. Your boy Leonard Hamilton didn't get it done. Um, oh, poor Leonard! He had a team that could win it all this year at Florida State. Yeah, He's still getting. Talk about dudes. Talk about Cruton. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do rewatchables later in the week again. I think we we kind of uh, previewed this last week, but. We did the Boynton interview instead, uh, beginning of this week, but yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Cause we're going to, we're going to dive pretty deep on it. Um, there's some uni tech, there's all kinds of takes. It's, it's going to be a blast. That OSU team was a blast. I had forgotten. Somebody had posted in the chamber about Tony Allen's sweet 16 game against Pitt. He had, mm. let me pull this up. Cause it was unbelievable. He had like, it was so good. He had 20. Oh, let me let me get the exact number. He had twenty three points, seven boards, two assists, two steals, three blocks. <laughs> made all his Man, free throws. Made all his free throws. Made all his three pointers. Nobody else in double digits. I mean, he basically carried them to the elite eight. And uh, yeah, then I, I will say, 
I will say he had a, a bit of an opposite game in St. Joe's. I'm not going to spoil any of my takes, but his, his St. Joe's game could be viewed a lot differently had they not won that game. Yeah. So, but, but, but Billy, to your point, Billy Packer, every time he mentioned Tony Allen would just speak in like reverential tones <laughs> and just be like, this guy is like the man. Like, he would just be like, he was effusive in his praise. Cause I think he, he obviously watched that pit game and, and realized, and, and of course he was the big 12 player of the year. Like we all know how good Tony Allen was first yeah. round draft pick. So, but, uh, and how young did Tony look? Oh, I oh know. my gosh! I know it's crazy. But I, but one more thing, and that we'll, we'll go. Um, did did the, those guys at OSU and '04 not look like grown men? Yeah. And then we we look at teams now in college basketball. Now, granted, not all of them are seniors and, and upperclassmen like like back then. But but like you juxtapose a, a Tony Allen or a Joey, more importantly, a Joey Graham against like. Lindy, a Lindy Waters, like yeah. they look like there's a ten year age gap there. Yeah, Cam, Cam fits in though. Cam fits. Yeah, Cam definitely. You could fits. you could drop Cam McGriff on that 04 team and be like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah. We we're we get... also have a we also have a we also have a helmet bracket to break down as well. OSU football put out a helmet bracket. I have some questions about the seating. I have that'll a be lot topic. of questions about the seating. What? <laughs> who? Who was? Did, was it a was it a BCS situation? What happened? Yeah, I think it was a blind draw, and they just drew names out of a hat. I mean, I it, it's it's not good. the The throwbacks being like the five and the eight seed or the seven. I don't know whatever whatever they are. It's uh, it's tough. One of them was a two seed. I think the most recent throwback was a two seed. But okay. you're right. Okay. Uh, yeah, we can break that down. We, I mean, we're going to break everything down. We're going to be, it's going to be June and we're going to be like, you know, I think a top 10 uh, equestrian horses of all time list at OSU <laughs> would be, would play. I think that would play. I think that'd be great. So uh, yeah, we'll be here. Uh, thanks again to coach Boynton. He was great. He uh, just very easy to talk to, have a conversation with. That's tried, that, That's kind of what I tried to make. It was just a, a conversation and uh, he was great with it. So Yeah, sorry I had uh, computer issues and couldn't join you, but uh, thanks to Mike Boyne for coming on. He's doing an awesome job and, and hopefully we get to watch him and Cade Cunningham uh, on time as scheduled, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Carson, we'll talk later in the week and uh, dive into the OSU St. Joseph. Sounds good.